0: It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. But we're back. It's time to talk about season two, episode 11 Pregnant Women Are Unpredictable. Hello, my beautiful Tropicanas. Welcome back at long last to the Ricardo Project, the podcast where we watch through I Love Lucy episode by episode and talk about its historical, emotional, and comedic impact. My name is Dana, and at long last, we have returned. I am so grateful for your patience, and I'm extra grateful to all the people who checked in during this very long and very unintended hiatus. Um, I don't want to get too much into it. Basically, Everything's fine. Motherhood just packed a real wallop on me, and basically, uh, right around the time I began my hiatus was when my little one began uh, daycare and brought home every plague under the sun, And I just had a really hard time adjusting to being back at work, to um, what that meant for my relationship with my kid, to handling all these extra things. It it was just a lot for me on top of a bunch of illnesses, just one right after the other. And I... uh, (laughs) I don't have much else to say, except that i'm I'm so sorry and that I am really dedicated to working hard to get us back on track and um, that I have some really cool things coming down the pike, including some additional content related to a very special uh, book release that's coming out this fall. So, with all that said, I do think these are the perfect series of episodes to jump into in my current state of mind. Uh, I, you know, have never watched these episodes before, having been pregnant, having been a parent, and it definitely has colored my interpretation of the episodes and has really given me a new appreciation for I Love Lucy, and I, I honestly have to wonder how many of you listening you know if you had a similar experience growing up watching the show versus being a grown up and and then you know simultaneously potentially becoming a parent and if that you know watching through has changed your interaction with the show because it definitely has for me in ways i really wasn't anticipating i kind of thought you enjoy the show you enjoy the show but it really does take on a whole new layer and level of meaning Uh, So it really is the best set of episodes to come back from this really long, unpleasantly long uh, break. And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure this doesn't happen again. And I'm I'm super, super grateful for the time that you all gave me and um, for your continued listenership. So let's jump right in. We are talking today about Season 2, episode 11, Pregnant Women Are Unpredictable. And here's what happens in that episode. We open up and Lucy's already in those like swing outfits that show that she has a belly. She's so cute. I love this kind of fashion moment for her where she's covering her belly and hiding it so it's appropriate for TV. And I I think she just looks so adorable and so blissful in these episodes. It's really nice to see. So she's practicing her mom skills on a baby doll. She has like a little bath run. She's being super tender and sweet with this tiny doll that is way smaller than a baby. But you know, she she's aware that it's a doll. So we get this great series of silent comedy where she's saying, coochie, coochie, coo to this little doll and being super, super tender, but then she'll place the doll under her arm. Or when she's bathing it, she'll just kind of dunk it in the water while she grabs something. Or, and then she'll have to squeeze it out and shake it off. So we get this really great comedy dichotomy where she's being super tender, but also being really rough with the doll. And it's it's a really great series. If I can find it on YouTube, I'll add it into the show notes below. So she practices putting a diaper on it and it's super gigantic. She practices swaddling it. It's a very sweet series that also has that kind of classic like person who doesn't really know what they're doing moment. So then Ricky comes in, and he gets really upset because she should be resting. And for a minute, I was very annoyed because people do start to tell you what to do constantly with your body when you're pregnant, but it turns out that it's 2 a.m., so she should absolutely be asleep. Um, Ricky says she's sleeping for two now, which is very cute and very true. So Lucy, you know, is a grown woman and can do what she wants, and so she explains that she's following doctor's orders, but she's practicing with adults so that she can learn all about infant care. And Ricky says, oh, is this supposed to be little Scott or Pamela Ricardo? Because those are the names they've ostensibly picked out for the little bebe. And Lucy says she doesn't like those names anymore. As a side note, I don't know if they still do this. I doubt they do. But we did flower babies when I was in middle school. And one of my my flower baby was named Scott, I think. I think I named him Scott. Or I think I named him Gregory Scott. (laughs) this name. So I love the name Scott. Um, That is not my son's name, but that's fine. So Ricky gets super annoyed about this name change that Lucy has where Lucy says she doesn't like them anymore because apparently it's taken a really long time to make a selection. And Lucy, very rightfully, in my opinion, points out that those names just don't go with Ricardo. And I'm honestly shocked that they're not even floating a Cuban name at this point. Maybe they had to like really, really Americanize it. But like, where are the, why, why not a Cuban name? Why not an Ignacio or something like, which I don't think is a Cuban name, but there's, there's nothing even remotely Latinx about any of the name selections we're about to go through in this episode. And there are so many gorgeous names anyway. So Lucy has decided now that she wants Gregory or Joanne, which, oh my God, when I was saying my flower baby, uh, aside, I wasn't even looking farther ahead in my notes. That's really funny. Okay. So clearly I was influenced by Lucy Ricardo. That's my flower baby had two of her names. Anyway, she has decided on Gregory or Joanne. And as she's saying Joanne out loud, she just hates the name again. And then she starts cycling through all these other options, including um, they do a Philip Morris reference, which as we all know, Philip Morris was the big sponsor for the show. So Ricky insists that she go to bed, and he says that he'll make breakfast for both of them so she can rest. And as she's going, she decides again. And now we're at John or Mary. Very classic biblical names. So the next morning, Lucy wakes up. Ricky's wearing a frilly apron. It's very cute. He's going to make her breakfast. The baby's name has changed again. Now it's Romeo or Juliet, which is like, <laughs> what a big swing, Um Look, I adore Lucy Ricardo. She does not seem to be the most literary person. So again, a gigantic swing. Anyway, Ricky offers her waffles. She says they're too much trouble, but he tells her to stay in bed. He's going to make her waffles. And waffles are kind of the like, in our house, waffles are by far the like special breakfast. That's like Mother's Day, Father, that's like what you make. To say, hey, I love you, because it has a special, it takes a special piece of equipment. There's a lot of work involved. So Ricky's really doing the best. He's being super tender and sweet, but he has no idea where anything is. And Lucy has to keep getting out of bed to help him find things. He almost starts a fire. He keeps sending her back to rest. And every single time that her head hits the pillow, he calls her for more. This goes on and on and on until Lucy says, Look, just don't make breakfast. I'm not strong enough. And she goes back to bed. So Fred comes in. His tie is neatly tucked into his pants, my angel. And I'm glad to tell you that after seven months, I am still a Fred Murds apologist for now, again. Uh, he is an angel and he's so cute. So Ricky and Fred begin kvetching about Lucy, how Lucy keeps changing her mind, first with baby names and the fact. That uh, that Ricky was going to make waffles, but then for some mystery reason she changed her mind. You know, and this is great because this kind of highlights like you know the fact that the pregnancy is changing Lucy, but also that like men are men and partners can be a little bit clueless when it comes to what is going on with their pregnant partners. It's a fun little moment, and everybody laughs, right? Like nobody's laughing at Lucy in that moment. Everybody's laughing at how Ricky is completely inept. So Ricky decides to make breakfast anyway. When Ethel comes to check in on Lucy later, she's just finished her breakfast. And Ethel's impressed that Lucy, Lucy, you know, got to have breakfast in bed until Lucy reveals the most burnt waffle ever, which evidently uh, was the best one that Ricky and Fred made. They claim the charcoal will be good for the baby's tooth development, which is objectively hilarious. The girls head to the kitchen and it is destroyed. And I would kill my husband if he did this. But to be fair to my husband, honestly, I'm far more likely to destroy the kitchen than he is. He is a very neat cook and I am like full Italian, like everything, every pot, every pan, every spatula. I'm sure if he's listening right now, he's like, listen, lady, you're the you're the ruiner. But it doesn't matter. Lucy's in very good spirits. She isn't bothered because Ricky's doting on her and that's super nice. But then there's this moment where she realizes that he didn't behave this way before she was pregnant and and that it's just the baby she loves. And this time the baby is named Sharon or Pierpont. Ethel tells her that she's acting ridiculous, but Lucy is certain that she'll be forgotten once the baby is born. And she has this great line where she says she'll be just like a salmon. She'll swim upstream, spawn, and never be heard from again. Ricky at that exact moment comes home with presents and Ethel had him off to try to warn him that Lucy's insecure, but Lucy comes in before she can really finish. So unfortunately this is about to go very poorly. Lucy gets so excited about the presents, but all of them are for the baby. It's a bonnet, a rattle, these little bloomers that are super cute, honestly. These are great little gifts for the baby, but Lucy is devastated by this. She, to her, this just reinforces everything she had just said to Ethel. And so she runs out, giving a classic cry, and Ethel can finally explain that all of Ricky's actions are about the baby and that he needs to do something for her, not her pregnancy, her. And so they decide that the Fab Four will go out dancing that night, and Ricky's not going to bring up the baby at all. He even sends her an orchid to the apartment with this romantic note just to hammer it home, and Lucy tries to pretend like this doesn't impress her, but Candy arrives with a note signed, Lover Boy. It's very funny. She tries to say harsh, but then Ricky calls. We get like he gets a third moment in the sun, and she just can't evade that Desi Arnaz, Ricky Ricardo charm. And so he asks her to come to the club for dinner and dancing to invite the Mertzes. And Vivian Vance is very funny in this episode. She like before Lucy can even ask her, she interrupts and accepts the invitation because she knows what's coming. So we're at the Tropicana. Uh, Vivian Vance looks hot. Fred does not deserve her. And we're beginning the descent into no longer being a Fred Merckx apologist because he makes a fat joke. I am off the Fred Merckx hype train. Until Ethel says that that trading these kind of barbs is how they make love, which is, like, so raunchy. She basically just said, this is how we have sex. This is how we do it. He calls me fat, and we're going to get it on later. Like, Whoa. First of all, Ethel, there's no need for someone to insult. I mean, whatever. Look, no kink shaming here. Fine. Live your life. So another song starts. Fred asks Lucy to dance, which is very sweet. Ethel and Ricky congratulate each other on doing really well. Ricky cuts in and he sings cheek to cheek to Lucy. It's just nice. It's just nice. It's so sweet. It's So, so intimate. It's, I love these moments where we get like this really delicate kind of peak. You know the show is so broad, so much of the time that these really simple moments, just like last episode, it, it's just oh, it just melts your heart. And Lucy does a great job of of um, being so delicate and close to someone singing in her face. I mean, she has many faces. I, I can't imagine how awkward that was to film. It's a long song, um, but she has her best active listener face on. It's it's very romantic. It's very sweet. They sit down, and Lucy suddenly has this very sad look on her face and she starts crying because Ricky hasn't mentioned the baby once. He doesn't love little Robert or Madeline. And that's the episode. So what did we think? I find this episode very enjoyable. I don't find it super slow. I didn't really laugh out loud. It's not the best episode from a comedy standpoint, but it's totally a fine intro for the new normal at the Ricardo house. Like, Vivian Vance is great in this episode. She does a lot with very little. I think I really like all the the levels that that Lucille Ball gives. I like she, how emotional she is, and also how dry she is with Ricky. There's a lot going on there, and I think it shows her uh, her new way of kind of navigating all these different things that that Lucy Ricardo is going to have. and And I think that's really what's impressive about this episode is they're they're finding their footing and, and settling into a tone and a style that's going to dominate the rest of the series, which is Lucy as a wife and mother and an ambitious person, which we'll talk about next week. But like, I was thinking about it. And as the show goes on, once Lucy becomes a mother, her ambitions to show business ratchet way, way up. She tries to get into the show a few times so far in the series, but she's going to try to get into the show dozens of times after she becomes a mother. I think that's very interesting. And I will say that after giving birth, this episode does hit very differently. I mean, there's there's a lot of struggles in becoming a parent, especially with a partner. I mean, Lucy is pregnant after being married for 11 years, right? They have a relationship that's set up in a very specific way. And I got pregnant after being in a relationship with my husband for... We got married after eleven years, so we had a baby. We found out I was pregnant like two days after our two year anniversary so thirteen thirteen ish years you know, and it sorry, thank you for sitting with me while I do that math. It does change um I really didn't expect it to change, you know and, and I'm just talking about giving birth right now, like like pregnancy through birth, like you're not the priority, but you are you're not just the, the wife, but you're the mother of their child. You know, you find yourself in love with your baby and also longing it to be just the two of you again. Not always, you know, but once or twice. Um, and then when you do get just the two of you, you miss your baby. My husband and I went went away to a wedding. It was the first time being away from him and the only time being away from him. And we had the best time. Like it was so great. It was so fun. And yet the minute we went to get on the airplane, I was like, if I don't see my baby right now, I'm gonna die. <laughs> you know? It's this vicious cycle, and it's it's full of shifting dynamics and it's turmoil and it's so much joy, and you have no idea who you are anymore because you're so many new things, but you also never feel more like yourself, or at least that was my experience of it. And all of this is something that I think the episode does very gently and subtly, and it does it very, very well. It also hints at a postpartum experience that I was actually warned about by people I knew who'd already had a child, which is that there is a huge shift in the priority and the focus once you have the baby. And Lucy talks about that when she says that she'll be just like a salmon, you know, and that that once the baby comes, she'll just be forgotten. And that was really an experience that I was lucky enough to be warned about. So I actually shared with my husband how concerned I was about that. Because I'd heard from a lot of people, like, it's it's a huge shock to your system to go from everybody telling you how beautiful you are and that you're glowing and how excited they are for you. And then when the baby comes, everybody's eyes go to the baby. That feeling is especially prevalent with your partner, you know? You're both so in love with this new little person, but you're also like, see what I just did? And I felt really lucky that I was warned about this and that I shared with my husband my fears and concerns that I would be forgotten, you know, and treated like a vessel once my kid was born. And he – first of all, that's just not who he is, but I think also because he was warned about my fears on that, he was able to be extra loving, you know, we would – when we took the baby to the pediatrician he would have one hand on the car seat and one hand holding mine and he was really really good about being supportive of that and i think it really staved off a lot of those insecurities because it is a big fear and it is a reality of so many people's experiences that once once they kind of complete the mission of growing this person they you know are seen as like Oh, good job. You did that. Now let's stare at this kid when you're the one who really needs the support because you're the one who's really gone through something. And I think this episode has done a really nice job at very subtly laying that groundwork and kind of commenting on it without making it some big splash. Something that we've talked about before is that I Love Lucy is not really that interested in making political statements, and yet they kind of can't help but be political. And I think this is one of those instances I mean, the entire episode is about how Lucy's fickle, right? The joke is at Lucy's expense to a certain point, but I do think that the show is do that this episode does a nice job of grounding that joke in a reality of the constant changes and the constant feelings and and, and the fears that you have as a new parent and specifically as a new mother. So. While it's not necessarily the funniest episode, I do think it's one of the more true-to-life episodes of the show. And I think it's a great start to a series of episodes that are some of the most sentimental and fun for me as a viewer and a longtime lover of the show. So let's move on to some historical notes. The first is the one that I'm, I love the most, which is that The episode is called Pregnant Women Are Unpredictable, which is crazy to me because they were not allowed to say pregnant. They say have a baby or expecting the entirety of the series. Um, They weren't allowed to say pregnant. So I think it's particularly interesting that they threw the word pregnant into the title of the episode. To me, it feels almost like this big F you to the sponsors and the writers were being pretty subversive, but I don't know. I wasn't there. Secondly, there's a bunch of calls to the writers. So at the end, when she says, you don't love little Robert or Madeline, that's a reference to Bob Carroll and Madeline Pugh, two of the three writers of the show at this time. Gregory and Joanne were the names of Jess Oppenheimer, the kind of architect of the show. Those are the names of his kids. The other names, I can't see. Scott or Pamela, Philip or Cynthia, John or Mary, Romeo and Juliet, Sharon or Pierpont. I don't see those anywhere, but... Those were kind of like the throwaway ones, not the big punchline ones. So maybe they just picked them up, but I I don't have anything there. That's it for historical notes. It's a pretty brief, uh, a pretty tight episode. You can see Bennett Green in the background of the Tropicana scene. There's one more. Uh, Bennett Green is Desi Arnaz's longtime stand-in. He'll show up quite a few times in the next coming episodes. Anyway, so next week we'll be watching Lucy's show business Swan Song, one of my favorites. I say that every time, I know, but oh, I just love this series of episodes. So, ugh, God, I'm rusty. Here's the logline for Lucy's Showbiz Swan Song. Lucy wants to be in Ricky's Gay 90s Review, and she argues she should be allowed to because this is her last chance before motherhood. I remember this episode fondly. I can't wait to watch it with all of you for, uh, sticking it out with me. I'm actually going to try to get some episodes out a little quicker than once a week, like every four to five days, just to keep things moving along because I do have a couple of very special deadlines that I'm trying to hit. So for the first couple weeks back, we'll be hitting a, a few others and then we'll settle into our next, our once a week, um, structure again. So thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen, for coming back. I'll see you in just a few days for Lucy's show business, Swan Song. Thank you so much for listening to The Ricardo Project. It means more to me than you know. If you would like to get in touch for any reason whatsoever, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me on Instagram at The Ricardo Project or by email at thericardoproject@gmail.com. at gmail.com. There are tons of links to support the show in the show notes below, including buying a book on our bookshop link or by buying some minimalistic I Love Lucy merch, both of which we get a percentage of the profits from. And again, if you enjoyed this episode, the very best way to support the show is to rate and review on iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, what is it, 2012, and telling a friend about it. Have a wonderful weekend, and I will see you in just a few days at the beginning of next week for Lucy's Show Business Swan Song.